0: This is My Seminary Life, episode 17, and I'm your host, Brandon Knight. And in today's episode, we're revisiting an old Sunday school lesson I taught once on the Book of Jonah. Enjoy! Everybody, welcome back. We got a. We're intending to have a shorter episode on hand for you today. I am in a in the middle of a three week preaching tour right now. Last week I had to write a whole new sermon. I was preaching out at a Methodist church in Lowell. Tomorrow I'm going to be at a Baptist church in Griffith, and the week after that I'm going to be in Ross Township at a Reformed church. So I've got three very different denominations going right now, but uh, a lot of sermon. Studying and prep and writing, so I have a bit of a shorter one intended for you today. But the story is going to be uh, one that I think will definitely encourage and strengthen you and maybe even widen your perspective a little bit on the mental health community. Like I teased uh, a couple weeks ago, This is going to be a bittersweet story. Uh, Here's here's the setup. Here's the setup. So during my time in high school, we went to three different churches. Uh, We had the one that we went to and I talked about with my first sermon. We were there kind of like my freshman year of high school. Then we were at a different church for kind of like my sophomore, junior year of high school. I think we may have been there into my senior year of high school but by the end of my senior year and going forward into uh, my time in college i was going to and my parents were going to a third church so in the four years of high school and into college there were three different churches like i said the my freshman year was when i taught my first or when i preached my first sermon today's story takes place at that second church, that middle church where I was at, kind of like my freshman year, or excuse me, right around my sophomore, junior year of high school. This was a very, this was a very interesting time and a very interesting church to be at. The, the pastor, had just been brought in, and we had a friend of our family who was going to the church, and he really liked them, and we were kind of, I, I said that that church we went to when I was a freshman was just kind of to give my parents a bit of familiarity, and they were they were ready to go back out and try something completely new with the church, so we went over to this church, different denomination, different, different everything about it. A little bit more modern in their approach, especially when it came to worship and whatnot, meaning they had a band, um, which was fine, which was all fine and good. Uh, But it was, this church was, there were the highest of high points here at this church and the, the lowest of lows. And when I mean low, like depressingly low points during our time at this church, there was these very high points where... The church was growing, it was reaching out, uh, and then there were these low points where there was a church split, and they had the pastor leave for no other reason than they didn't want him to be the pastor in the first place. So, the nice thing is, there was a lot of hurt. That's not the nice thing. The thing is, there was a lot of hurt going on in this church. There were people who left church ministry for five, six years after everything that went on in this church. There were people who didn't trust being in church ministry anymore. There was people, you know, people who were very deeply affected by everything that had gone on at this place. And the nice thing is that now looking back at it, people are some of these people who were involved are back in ministry serving the church. There are people who, uh, who had spiraling depression from this season at this church, and they're doing a lot healthier. This church is very big and growing, and is a I don't want to say a big player of churches out here in Northwest Indiana, but it's it's a recognizable named church, um, and they're growing and they're doing well and they're serving the Lord, and so there were like i said the lowest of low points in this church but you know it's it is true that god works all things out together for good and sometimes we actually do get to see that see that good here in this life and people are serving the lord and the lord is being glorified through the ministry of this church and through different people who were involved in it back then and the story takes place during my season in the youth group. This was probably the youth group that I meshed in with the most. They were all very chill and very relaxed. I had come from like very like sportsy groups of people. And I was kind of getting into a point in my life where I was like sports are fun, but I just kind of want to chill. And that's kind of where I'm at now. And That was kind of, and that was the youth group. They were all very, like, chill, relaxed, let's just, like, sit around and talk about stuff type of people. So I had a a little bit of an easier time getting slotted in with this youth group. And it came to pass that it was time to do the good old-fashioned youth ministry, the good old-fashioned youth group thing of, hey, everybody, we're going on a mission trip to a church over here several hours away to help build a thing you know that church, you know that mission trip right probably if you're listening to this you may have been on that mission trip when you all pile into one big oversized church van and you drive several hours away to a church in in the same state or maybe even a couple churches or a couple states away and you help them with a building project or you help them run a vbs or run a camp or what Ever, if you can't tell from my tone and my voice, I'm actually not really a big fan of this form of church ministry. I'm not I and I think it's solely because of the terms we use. Going to help a church in the states build a thing or do a thing I, I don't think we should call that a mission trip and it has nothing to do with the fact that you're not leaving the country. It's because I really think the purpose of these types of trips is to help students see beyond the bridge of their nose, to see that there are people who need help. I think these forms of mission trips are really more so for the youth who are going than for the people you are going to help. That's just me. And I know we've all been on these types of trips. I went on one when I was in college, and I had a great time. And I think Grace College did a better job of balancing that mentality of, like, we're here to help you, and you're going to help people, but we're here to help you have wider eyes to, to the need of communities and how you can help in your own community as well. I just don't like it that we call it a mission trip for that purpose. I, a mission trip is we are going for the people we are serving not we are going to help students see, see the needs that are around them. I just I just wanted to be a different term. And I wasn't a fan of this type of ministry years ago either, uh, but for very different reasons. Because you see, back when I was at the youth group and this trip was coming up, a lot of the youth in the youth group went to local area public schools. And so all of their fall breaks were roughly right around the same time. And so it was determined that this trip was going to take place during everyone's fall break, which was great unless you were like me and you went to a private school in the area. And it was like the middle of the semester and I had midterms and a lot of homework and my fall break wasn't until the end of like another like a month or something like that it was it was a little bit of ways my fall break and I am slow fun fact I'm slow when I do homework and when you I had a ton of homework every night because that was my teacher's favorite thing to do. I think that's a Christian school thing that they just love to pile on the homework because you're not supposed to have a life outside of school and church apparently and so. I just had all this homework, and if I was going to go on this trip, I was going to have to make up a lot of work, and I had no idea how I was going to be able to do that, and so I decided not to go. I didn't think that it was a good idea to do that. I didn't want all this extra work to be totally behind because I went with my friends to go build a thing at a church several miles away. That Call me a bad Christian. I already, I already was called a bad Christian on TikTok this week, so you guys can call me one on here too. Call me a bad Christian. So we get to the week of the trip. Everyone's going to leave. I think it was like Thursday to Monday was like the trip. So it's the Sunday right before everyone's going to leave on Thursday. And I'm down in the church basement, hanging out with one of my friends. And the subject of the trip comes up and he asked me how I was feeling about it. I was like, oh, I'm not going. And he was really confused as to why. And so I explained what I just said about the homework and not wanting to get bogged down with my catching up and blah, blah, blah. And this guy and his brother, who was also in the youth group, they uh, also went to a private school in the area, a Christian school in the area. Different different Christian school than mine. But they also went to a Christian school. And they also weren't going to be on fall break, but they were going to go. And this guy, my friend, he he takes a step closer to me, puts his arm around my shoulder, and he looks at me and says that he's going because, quote, I'm willing to take a chance for God. And he does like this kind of shrugging pose and walks away. Now the question is, folks, why is it that... I don't even know. Eight years? Eight years later, I think? Eight years later? I'm I can still remember, down to the very last detail, the tone in his voice, the look on his face, where we were at in the church basement, the shirt he had on. I can remember all of these details. Why? And the reason why I can remember all of these details is because between this and another event that happened later on in the same week with a different group of people, my mental health collapsed. This week was the week that the straw broke the camel's back. And everything has been different for me ever since. I don't blame this guy, and I don't blame the other person who said something else later on in the week that finally made it all collapse. I had had tastes of depression leading up until this point. I talked about it when I shared my testimony. Go back and check out that episode if you haven't yet. I think it's too behind on this one. Uh, Talked about how, you know, high school for me, I was kind of that typical teen with the mental health problems that didn't think anybody would understand. So I had had these like tastes and run ins with depression up until this point. But this was when it finally collapsed. And I don't I don't blame this guy. I don't blame this other person either. They didn't know. Nobody really knew. But it was at this point that I fell into a very, very deep pit, a very dark pit. And it it hurt a lot. It shouldn't have. But it hurt a lot. And it wasn't like conviction type of hurt. It wasn't like a conviction like, oh man, you're right, I need to go repent and see if I can get on this trip last minute. It was just it was more of a I'm worthless because I'm not doing this. He he's right. He he's a better person and a better Christian for for doing this. I'm I'm not on his same level. So that was that was how I was feeling during the week. And like I said, something else happened a little bit later on in the week that just contributed on and I just fell apart even more. And we get to Sunday. So everyone's off on this trip, right? Bradley and I get to Sunday school, and it's like me and him, and Bradley's my brother. It's me and him, and then two other students, and we're just kind of sitting there talking. I'm like the oldest person in the room, so I'm trying to be like a little bit extra social, even though, like, inside I am just crumbling of heart completely. And in walks the pastor. And the pastor's, oh, hey, everybody. He has a little bit of a southern drawl to him at the time. "Uh, Hey, uh, uh, seeing how everybody's doing. And he walks out. And there was this, right by the door, there was this big, like, window right by the door to the youth group room. And I'm looking out, because the adult's Sunday school classroom was right across the hall. And I can see the pastor talking to, like, one of the deacons. And I'm looking And they're kind of like looking back and like talking our way. And I'm looking and I'm thinking. And as the pastor walks back in, that's when I realized they didn't know that not all of the youth went on the trip. They thought everybody had went on the trip. They didn't realize that there was going to be students at Sunday school that Sunday. And so they didn't have anybody to run the Sunday school class. They didn't think anybody was going to be there. So the pastor walks up to me, because I'm the highest ranking youth student at this point, and he walks up to me and he's like, hey, just give us a couple minutes and we'll have someone to, you know, come run, you know, come teach Sunday school. And I don't know why, but I just blurt out, I think I can do it. It was it was known at this church that Brandon wanted to go into ministry. Like this was just always kind of a thing that came up. I think this is how my parents introduced me to everybody. I don't know. But they, you know, this was kind of a known thing. Brandon wants to go into ministry. And Brandon has had a few preaching opportunities up until this point. And the pastor knew this. And he looked at me and he smiled and he goes, yeah, okay, that's fine. And he goes and he tells the deacon to walk in. And he's like, hey, it's okay. Brandon's got this. Now, to be fair, there's three other kids in the classroom. One of them's my brother, and all three of them were very well-behaved. So it's not like I had the rowdy rough boys to take care of. But here I was, with no time to prepare at all, and crumbling inside with depression, I'm going to do Sunday school. So I sat down with everybody, and we were just kind of chit-chatting about, you know, the Bible and theology, and one of the students that were there was a visitor. And the visitor was, you know, so I was kind of probing his mind a little bit more than everyone else. And it turns out this visitor had never heard the story of Jonah before. And so I went and jotted down a few quick notes, and then we had a Sunday school class on the entire book of Jonah. Because that's the nice thing about the book of Jonah, isn't it? You can do, like, a four-week study doing one chapter a week, or you could just run down the whole thing real quick. Like, it, it kind of works both ways. And here's my notes on the book of Jonah. I wrote all of these on a note card. So I, if you didn't listen to last week's last week's lesson on my first sermon, where I just kind of, like... <laughs> I just had these parts in my notes where it just says, explain XYZ, explain XYZ. So there's like a lot of filler that needs to go into those re- revisited notes. In this case, there's nothing. I, like I wrote nothing down. It's on a note card after all. So I, I've got like a little sliver of stuff here, and then we're going to run back through and see what we think about it. The lesson this morning went a little like this. My notes begin by saying, tell the story of Jonah. All right, thank you, junior year Brandon. Really appreciate that. Simple enough. Through dialoguing with the other students, we ended up with three applications and supporting verses for the applications. What do you know? There's three students. I must have said, hey, each one of you come up with an application to the book of Jonah. And here's the applications we got and the verses that go with them. Number one, love those who hate you. Matthew 22 39. God showed grace to Jonah the whole time, so we should show grace. Ephesians two eight. God has a plan for our lives and he will help us to do it. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. I had to have come up with that verse. I like Ecclesiastes. And that's all the notes. That is seriously it. I I can remember sitting there and doing it. And I can remember really enjoying doing it. But I, I can't remember. However, everyone was well behaved. Everyone talked. So I guess it was fine. I guess it was fine. Actually, it kind of surprised my youth pastor when the story finally got around to him. That one that there were students, and two, that I just stepped right up and did the Sunday school lesson. He was kind of impressed by that. But let's let's look at these application points now. Let's run back down. So number one, love those who hate you. The story of Jonah is another example in scripture of what not to do. Jonah isn't like a hero to be modeled after. He is a what-not-to-do. Jonah admits in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4 that he was unhappy that God spared the Ninevites because he didn't want them to be spared. Jonah was prejudiced against the Ninevites. He wanted them to be destroyed. That's why he ran, which is contrary to the greatest commandment that Jesus calls us to, and the second, which is like it, in Matthew twenty two thirty nine, 39 That Jonah should. That Jonah also would have known. Because he does come up. Jonah should have known this. Because it, it would have come up in the law. Love the Lord your God. And love thy neighbor as thyself. That that would have been. Coming from. The law of God. So he, he knows this. This isn't like. Well that's from the New Testament. No this is ingrained in the Jewish mentality. So. I think that's still an appropriate application, that we should love those who hate us. Number two, God showed grace to Jonah the whole time, so we should show grace. This is arguably the most obvious application in the story of Jonah. Uh, you can get caught up in all of the Ninevites getting saved from destruction, but the story of Jonah the person is God showing grace to him over and over and over again and not calling someone else or leaving him in the belly of the great fish or whatever. Like, he, God is showing grace time and time again to Jonah in this story. And of course, Ephesians 2.8 speaks to the grace that we have received from God by faith. We have all been saturated with grace that we should look to give grace to others when we can. And finally, number three, God has a plan for our lives and he will help us do it. I'd like that first part now. I'm not sure about the second part. God does indeed have a plan for our lives. If anything, it is simply to serve him and bring glory to him in whatever we are doing. Which is part of what Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen has to say, and I think this is accurate to say that in light in light of the story of Jonah, God called him to go to Nineveh, and God did indeed help him get there, kicking and screaming. However, I think something that should not be lost here is that Jonah's heart is not set towards serving God this way. He does repent in chapter two, and in chapter three he does go preach to Nineveh, but again, by chapter four, he is cursing himself and wanting to die because he is so unhappy that Nineveh was spared. So maybe the better way to put this now would be, and this is how I I started a Word document, because I actually have a number of note cards with just little scribbles on them. So I have a Word document now where I'm just going to put all of these on. And for the third point, I now have written down, God will accomplish his purpose through us. It may take some teeth pulling and humbling, depending on where your heart is at, but God will accomplish his purposes, which maybe Ephesians 2.10 would be a better support verse then. But what do you think? That's it. That is it, folks. That is the whole story that is the whole lesson so what do you think do you think that that those three application points still hold up for studying the book of jonah do you think that do you think that mission trips should be renamed when you're just going to a church doing a thing if you have any thoughts or any comments on today's lesson please go over to our facebook page my seminary life and comment on the link there for this episode. And while you're there, if you haven't given that like button a tap yet, please do so you can stay up to date on all things going on over there. You can also head on over to our page on Anchor, where you can leave a voice message telling us how much you enjoyed the show. And if you want, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at just.brandon.k. All of that is lowercase, and the K is just the letter, not spelled out. And of course, wherever podcast platform that you are streaming this from, Apple, Anchor, Google, Spotify, Breaker, whatever one you are at, please take a quick moment to rate and review. You can also do that on our Facebook page. And tell someone you know about the show. I know I'm giving you a lot of directions to do, but that is just part of podcasting. The show can only grow so much on my end, and I appreciate it if you all went out and did a little work to help me grow the show. I would appreciate it. You are loved. And that's it for today's episode. As promised, a little shorter. Come back next week, where I will share the story about a time I competed in a preaching competition. That's right, folks, I competed in a preaching competition, and I have lots of thoughts about it now. But until next time, I'm Brandon Knight. Keep on studying. In true superhero movie fashion, this is an end credit scene. Because I, a couple weeks ago, I had posted on Facebook a image with the very cryptic coming soon caption. And now I am here to officially announce that coming this fall, I will be one of the many hosts for a new podcast entitled Systematic Geekology. Yes, Systematic Geekology. I am a, a part of the Christian Podcaster Association, and there was a conversation that went around about. If anyone would be interested in starting a podcast that talked about faith and geek culture, and as you all know, this is something that's been on my heart. It was the runner-up idea to this show was doing something like this, and I'm going to be able to do it. So uh, it's coming this fall. I don't have an exact date listed yet for when the first episode is going to drop, but you're going to want to check these out. We got some great episodes coming. I know the two that I'm going to be on in the first batch of tapings, the the two I'm going to be on are going to be a lot of fun. One of them is definitely an area of my expertise. So be paying attention to the Facebook page. I'll be uh, sharing information there as episodes go up and all that good stuff. So Systematic Ecology, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm Brandon. Keep on studying. That's the end of the end credit scene.